Lekuta Sichas, Volume 23, the first Sicha for Kairach. The title of this article is Recognizing Nature's Process. God makes it known that Moses did not appoint Aaron on his own, but by the word of God through, quote to you from the verse, the earth beneath them opened its mouth and swallowed them. And I quote to you, a fire came forth from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who had offered up the incense. Now, after which the Torah then tells the story of Aaron's staff blossoming. The obvious question is, why weren't the first two signs enough to bring an end to, quote, the complaints of the children of Israel? But yet another sign of Aaron's staff had blossomed is needed. And Rashi's not dealing with this question means that Rashi feels that either this isn't the question or that he already dealt with it through a previous comment of his. On the verse, put Aaron's staff back in front of the testimony to be kept as a sign, Rashi comments to be kept as a sign as a reminder that I have chosen Aaron to be the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, and that they should therefore not murmur any more against the Kahuna, the priesthood. Now, Nachmanides pauses upon this Rashi, saying, this staff is not a sign, but upon the staff of the tribe of Levi. In other words, the verse says, speak to the children of Israel and take from them a staff for each father's house, 12 staffs, and and inscribe each man's name on his staff. Inscribe Aaron's name on the staff of Levi, and not upon Aaron that the kahuna is his. Nachmanides then explains, to be kept as a sign upon the tribe of Levi that took the place of the firstborns, but for the fire that came forth from the Lord and consumed was the sign upon the kahuna for Aaron, and the blossoming upon the staff was for the tribe of Levi. Now, other commentaries elaborate that according to Rashi, Aaron's staff served as a sign for both, that Aaron was chosen for the kahuna and that the tribe of Levi was chosen for the service of the Levites. They see Rashi's necessity for, for this from A. Were it only a sign for the tribe of Levi, then instead of being Aaron's staff, it should have been the staff of Elazar, the son of Aaron, who was the prince of the tribe of Levi, just as the staff of the other 11 tribes were each of the prince of the tribe. Secondly, upon the staffs, all the other staffs were written, not the name of the individual, but the name of the tribe. While on the staff of the tribe of Levi was written, Aaron. This is what the Abarbanel explains on this portion. Hence, the Torah is telling us that the staff served also as a sign for Aaron. Yet other commentaries cite Rashi's proof as A. The blossoming was specifically from the word Aaron, where it was written on the staff. And B, the verse states, Aaron's staff for the house of Levi has blossomed. It gave forth blossoms and it sprouted buds. Now, the words for sprouted buds is Vayotze Tzitz. Now, Tzitz is the word for the forehead plate that the high priest wore. In Exodus, we're taught, and you shall make a Tzitz. 
it shall be upon Aaron's forehead. So, question number one, none of the above proofs are mentioned by Rashi. Question number two, why do we need yet another proof as asked above? Now, it gave forth blossoms, blossoms means parach, Rashi says, in its literal sense. The verse goes on, sprouted buds, which is tzitz. Rashi says, this is the budding of the fruit after the blossom, the parach, falls off. The verse continues with, and produced. And over here, it says, vayigomel, ripe almonds. Rashi points out, when the fruit was recognizable, it was recognized that they were almonds. Then he goes on to explain an expression of Vayigamal as found in Genesis and the child grew and was weaned, Gmal. This expression is frequently found used in reference to fruits of the trees as in, Rashi quotes here the verse from Isaiah, and the buds turned into ripened grapes, turned into ripened Vayigamal. A couple of questions on this Rashi's. Number one. Rashi says it gave forth blossoms. Rashi just comments in its literal sense. Now, why does Rashi explain the word perach first in our verse, which is the third time that the word is used here in the verses? Question number two. Obviously, Rashi feels that the meaning is understood and hence does not explain it. However, Rashi's quote in its literal sense is Rashi telling us not to use any other interpretation what other interpretation is Rashi speaking of? The next Rashi, buds, tzitz. Rashi says, this is the budding of the fruit after the blossom, the perach, falls off. Rashi interprets word and explains concepts necessary for the simple meaning of the verse. However, not to elaborate in the description of a process unless it is of importance to the simple meaning of the verse. Hence, why is it important for us to know that budding of the fruit is after the blossoms fall off? Number three, the Rashi upon and produced ripe almonds. Rashi says, when the fruit was recognizable, it was recognized that they were almonds. And then he goes on to explain an expression, Vayigomel, as found in Genesis 21.8, and the child grew and was weaned, Gamal. This expression is frequently found used in reference to fruits of trees, as in, quoting Isaiah, and the buds turned into ripened grapes, Vayigomel. Now, Rashi is telling us that the terminology of Vayigomel is not only used by a child in meaning that the child has weaned off of his mother's milk, but rather this terminology is also used by the fruits of a tree, meaning the fruits ripened. However, being that Rashi's language is precise, why the extra word of fruits of a tree and not just fruits? The explanation. Rashi is dealing with numerous questions on the verses here. Number one, God said, the staff of the man whom I will choose will blossom. So why did this change and have the additional and its sprouted buds? More so, these additions mandate extra miracles. Question number two, why in the verse the double language of Aaron's staff had blossomed, the Hine Porach, and it gave forth blossoms, the Yoitzi Parach. 
Now, the Balitoisvis explained the double language to be speaking of two types of blossoming. On the one side of the staff, there were the, had blossomed, flowers that did not fall away. While on the other side of the staff, there was the, it gave forth blossoms and produce ripe, ripe almonds, which were flowers which fell away afterwards, as the way of all flowers of trees. However, Rashi makes no mention or even hint of the sort. Now, let's go further then with Rashi. And it is from these questions that Rashi makes his comments upon the verse. And Rashi is commenting upon the third wording of blossoms, perach. Rashi says, in its literal sense, Rashi is telling us that in the previous two times in the verses, the words perach and yifrach were, are not in its literal sense. Why? The action verb form of Yifrach and Porach in connection with a tree means to bloom flowers. And by a fruit tree, this means the sprouting of flowers from which there will then be the giving forth of the fruits. However, when this terminology is used concerning a staff, we aren't speaking of an actual sprouting of flowers, but rather of any later growth. As we see in the verse in Exodus, where the verse says, boils breaking out into blisters, breaking out means poreach. Rashi Deir says, through which blisters break out. And the verse in Psalms says, the righteous one flourishes, yifrach, like the palm. Rashi Deir says, like the palm that produces fruit which in both these cases are speaking not of an actual sprouting of flowers, but a growth afterwards in the boils becoming blisters and in the righteous ones growing spiritually. This is why Rashi has to tell us in this verse that here the gave forth a perach of the staff is in its literal sense that the staff is actually sprouting flowers. And after God tells us in the general sense, numerous times, that the staff will blossom. Then the verse gives us the details of, quote, it gave forth blossoms, sprouted, and produced ripe almonds. So too, concerning the double wording of, Aaron's staff had blossomed, vihine parach, it gave forth blossoms, v'yoyitze parach. Why? That after the Torah tells us in general, Aaron's staff had blossomed, then the Torah details the blossoming. It gave forth blossoms in its literal sense, then it sprouted, blossoming the fruits, and then it produced ripe almonds. The three stages, the details of the three stages that happens when the almond fruit, the almond tree, blossoms its fruit. The question on this is, being that the verse is, one, it gave forth blossoms, then, two, it sprouted, blossoming the fruits, and then it produced bright almonds, is telling us that in the tent of testimony, there was the entire growth process of the almonds. However, when the verse says, and on the following day, Moses came to the tent of testimony, the process was completed. And Moses only saw and showed Israel the third and final stage. If so, why did God perform all the three stages? This is why Rashi goes on to explain, sprouted buds, this is the budding of the fruit after the blossom, the flower, falls off. 
Why? To tell us that in the tent of testimony were the flowers that fell. And Moses brought everything out, the staff with the ripe almonds and the flowers that fell. With this, all of Israel knew that in the tent of testimony, Aaron's staff went through the entire blossoming process of the fruits of a tree. Now, the obvious question becomes, A, why was it important that Israel know of the entire blossoming process? And B, why did there have to be the entire natural process in the first place for this miracle to take place? The answer is based upon understanding the purpose for this sign after the previous signs of Aaron's being chosen by God for Kahuna. Let's see. The first sign of the earth beneath them opened its mouth and swallowed them, proved, I quote to you, with this you shall know that the Lord sent me, Moses, to do all these deeds, for I did not devise them myself. Now the second sign of a fire came forth from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who had offered up the incense proved that Aaron is, I quote to you, the man whom the Lord chooses, he is the Holy One, end quote. However, these two signs only prove that God chose Aaron. However, it does not answer their question of, quote from the verse, why do you raise yourself above the Lord's assembly? and especially Aaron who had participated in the making of the golden calf and therefore could have been defiled from being the high priest while others are more worthy to be the high priest. Their, pre- their question becomes even greater as they now wonder if it was Moses who prayed that Aaron became, become the high priest. For this, there is a third sign of the staff sprouting almonds. Why? On the one hand, it is a total miracle done only by the will of God, that a staff sprout. While on the other hand, we see that this was no ordinary miracle, but rather the will of God was that it be one that is connected to nature of the world in the three stages of the blossoming of a fruit tree. So too with Aaron's kahuna. On the one hand, it was done only by the will of God, of the man whom I will choose, While on the other hand, this I will choose was in a way that it became the very nature of Aaron. This is why it is this sign of the staff that God told Moses, put Aaron's staff back in front of the testimony so that to be kept as a sign for rebellious ones, then their complaints against me will end. Why? Why only this sign? For the staff shows that the kohuna had not had become the very nature of Aaron and his offsprings. With this, we understand the continuation of Rashi's comment, being that we are speaking here of the kahuna of Aaron, being as of the natural process of the blossoming of the fruit tree, so too is the detail of almonds, which naturally blossom quickly. As Rashi goes on to say, now why almonds? And Rashi's question is, because it's not a sign of Aaron being chosen for kahuna that is specifically almonds. And Rashi goes on to explain, that is the fruit that blossoms quicker than other fruits. Likewise, he who who opposes the kahuna, his punishment comes, meaning naturally, comes quickly. With all of the above, we will answer a question upon the Talmudic teaching. 
The Talmud says when the ark was hidden by King Josea, when it was hidden, the staff of Aaron with its almonds and flowers were hidden. Now, why does the Talmud specifically mention the flowers? The almonds are mentioned, we can say, to identify which staff we are speaking of. But why mention the flowers? However, according to Rashi, as explained above, the reason is clear. Just as the first time Moses brought out the staff with the almonds on it and the fallen flowers that were separate from the staff to show the natural process of almond sprouting took place, identifying that the kahuna henceforth became the nature of Aaron, so too in the put when Hashem told Moses to put it in the in the tent of the testimony, the flower, the fallen flowers as well needed to be there. This is especially so, since the reason why the ark was hidden wasn't just that the the Gentiles who conquered the temple shouldn't get it, but rather it was because King Solomon, when building the holy temple, created and sanctified this hiding place that it halachically, meaning according to Jewish law, be the place of the holy ark and all that was with the ark. By doing so, King Solomon assured that the ark, iron staff, and the jar of manna all be in its place when it was hidden, and thus doing what they are meant to be doing with and for the world, which will all become revealed when the coming of Mashiach, upon whom it is said, the righteous one flourishes like the palm, and the Balaturim says, which in his days the kahuna will be returned and the staff of Aram will blossom speedily in our days.